0: Uh, yes, OGP on a Friday evening, emergency podcast style. I'm Adam Arnbrecht. We will be joined uh, in short order by one Andrew Makowitz, as, of course, if you didn't already hear it, uh, the New York football giants are going to, in short order, probably tomorrow at some point, make it official. It will be Brian Dable, the former now offensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills, being hired in as the next head coach for the New York football giants. Um this is listen you don't want to say it's not too surprising he was the front runner in the first round of interviews he was the front runner in the second round of interviews uh, we just did an episode earlier today that speculated on the idea of what uh what was maybe going on behind the scenes right the Miami Dolphins connection if maybe that was a more attractive job not necessarily from a GM standpoint or even a personnel standpoint, but just the uh, cap room alone could have been an opportunity for Dable to hit the ground running. Instead, reported by all the numerous outlets that you would expect ESPN and Adam Schefter and everybody else that uh, Brian Dable will be, I think the announcement should come sometime officially, they say tomorrow, uh, that Brian Dable will be the next head coach and reunited with the assistant GM from the Buffalo Bills. And now, your New York football Giants general manager, one Joe Shane. Um, It's exciting in a lot of ways. Like I said, we'll get Andy in here in a minute. It brings up a a couple of interesting notes around this team and what will happen with the coaching staff going forward. One of the funny things that Andy had talked about the last time uh, as everybody hopefully gets in on the conversation, one of the things that we had seen um, that, the, the musical chair kind of nature of this with the Miami Dolphins and so many overlapping connections as we shout out to the once you punch with what up, man? Congratulations to you as a New York football Giants fan getting Brian Dable in with Joe Shane. But when all these musical chairs were kind of going on here, it became really interesting because I, I think this is like the, this is kind of the best case scenario for the Giants. Not only do you get the guy uh, that we all kind of thought we were interested in, in the Giants going after, we wanted to see it get done quickly. a Pretty good process, right? You, you feel like all the GM candidates were solid. All of the short list of head coaching candidates were solid as well. But when you start to hear the rumors, they finished with Leslie Frazier's interview today. Obviously, he was going to have to really knock the socks off of the Giants in order to maybe get that opportunity. Combined with uh, Brian Flores coming in as well in recent days, you know, we said this: if the Giants had been kind of the last one to make the official announcement, right? If they came in in, you know, after you see Flores get hired, maybe after. Even uh, Leslie Frazier gets hired somewhere, right? If they ended up with even Brian Dable, but it was the last option on the table in some regards, I think we would have looked at it maybe a little bit differently. This again, reflecting back on the last time around, or even two head coaching cycles ago, when the giants went with Patrick, Pat Shermer, I keep saying Patrick with a uh, Patrick Graham on the giant staff now, but when they went with Pat Shermer, it was very much like what's left on the table. This in a lot of ways feels so much more of a decisive process from the New York football giants and secondary shout out to uh, the one, two punch. I appreciate man, all of the support. They, uh, the, the giants, it seems like once you hire Joe Shane as the general manager, the next step there was then to say, we want our, our process to be extensive right? And you've heard John Merritt talk about that. We want to make sure that we really go through and vet at all of the coaching opportunities we're going to have here. And there was a, an entire spectrum of really good candidates, right? Just finished talking about how Brian Flores, even though let go uh, by the Miami dolphins, he still looked at it and said, man, got them into winning ways. There's some turnover, some interesting things made behind the scenes. And you wonder how Flores explained that in the interview process with the giants, but ultimately you didn't want to overlook anyone. And this kind of this kind of seems like, hey, if you tell us, Joe Shane, that Brian Dable is your guy, all we're asking is that you go through the process, bring in Leslie Frazier out of a sign of respect as well, and probably as a legitimate candidate too, but bring everybody else in. We like Dan Quinn. We've heard good things. Bring him in, right? We have connections or thoughts around O'Brien Flores. Bring him in. We like the defensive coordinator from Cincinnati who was here underneath a previous regime. Bring him in. Ultimately, you can shut down all other candidates and go with your guy so long as we feel like you're coming at it with that open mind of, hey, someone could blow me away, right? And everything you got from from Joe Shane and his introductory press conference suggests that as well, that he he wanted it to be a thoughtful process. We talk about the collaborative element of it. Some fans saying, has anything really changed with John Mara and with Steve Tisch and the entire process they are working? You have to trust that it did. Because it just feels like if you were Joe Shane and you got this job, you have connections to Brian Dable, not just from Buffalo, but also from Miami. You can have that longstanding relationship where it feels like you've seen the growth and development of one another. You know, you got to remember too, this is a two-way street. You know, Dable wants to go to a spot where he feels like he's going to have every opportunity to be successful. Because as we know, when you fail as a head coach, you sometimes don't come back around for another opportunity. Right? There's a laundry list of head coaches in the NFL that just do not get a second bite of that apple and sometimes have to spend years rebuilding their value, not as a coordinator, but in the eyes of the league and GMs that, yes, I can get back at the helm of an organization as the head coach and put together a winning staff and really um, be someone that you can trust. And we've seen this time and time again. Now I mentioned there Pat Shermer in that previous cycle. We went back and said, Pat Shermer is not a bad offensive coordinator. He's not a bad guy to have working with your QBs, but he's a guy that you want as your head coach. Looks like not Joe judge for all of his blustering and, and and the the region, you know, the recency bias we're going to place on that and all the dysfunction that we saw over the last couple of years. But is he a great special teams coordinator? Can he be a really good assistant coach and involved in different aspects of an organization? Seems like it, but can he be a head coach? Does not seem to be the case. So now you get Brian Dable in here, and hopefully he's able to hit the ground running. The next piece that this then brings up, I think, for the New York Football Giants is the coaching staff notes and where things go from here. So there's a couple of interesting things that I want to get to, um, just in quick order here. As ah uh, see, this is the this is what you call uh, kismet of timing. As we get in, uh, one Andrew 23 million and uh, we'll see if he can turn off his phone there, so we're not catch, catching the reverb. Good lord, Andy!
1: Listen, Adam, I, I'm I'm in Twitter Spaces trying to talk to Giant fans about what happened. I'm I'm jumping on with you. I'm, I'm putting my son to bed. Like it's crazy times right now. As a Giant fan, as an OGP, you know, you know, presenter here, it, times times are crazy right now. You got to make do with what you
0: got. Well, listen, here's the deal. Just ran down the list of, obviously, the the excitement around Brian Dable being hired as the head coach, and the next step to this was then the coaching staff piece, which here's some of the good stuff um, that I think we already kind of have in the wind here, right? Patrick Graham was interviewing with the uh, Minnesota Vikings for their head coaching job. We have all the rumors in the wind that Wink Martindale was going to be probably the top candidate for defensive coordinator if it went the route of Brian Dable, so we have that in our back pocket. Let's go down even uh, the extra little value pick up there on Patrick Graham, potentially. If he goes and signs on as a head coach with the Minnesota Vikings, the Giants get themselves lined up for two future third-round picks just as far as the exchange of, you know, elevating. Um, I believe that'd be a minority coach, right, getting elevated to a head coach somewhere else. Um, So the Giants stand to actually fill the coffers for both Joe Shane and for Brian Dable in the short term by grabbing a couple extra picks. So maybe, as much as we may like Patrick Graham, let me ask. Let me ask you. Let me frame it this way: Would you do you think that Patrick Graham is too valuable to this defensive unit uh, that you wouldn't want to see him go take a head coaching job simply for the value of the picks, or does Wink Martindale really start to entice you to get him in here? Because we talked about him a few episodes ago and the potential of what it could be in support of Dable.
1: Yeah, I mean, two third round picks for a guy like Joe Shane who likes to build through the draft. I mean. Listen, if you read the tea leaves from Joe Shane's press conference, there's a, there's a, a whole host of little nuggets to pull out. This is kind of why we, you know, I was leaning towards Dable as, as the guy because of what he said in terms of collaboration and and leadership and, 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 you know, we've talked about it before he, you know, Joe Shane, even though he wasn't necessarily in a decision-making role, was with the Miami dolphins before Brian Dable got there and, Look, you know, when, when Brian Dable was the offensive coordinator of the Miami Dolphins, his quarterbacks were Matt Moore and Chad Henne, And he took the team from 30th in the league in, in total offense down to 20th. And he got let go and fired because they fired a the head coach at the time. He then moves to Kansas city. Romeo Connell was there. You know, Romeo Connell goes two and 14. They can Romeo Cornell. Another bad circumstance for Dable where like, he just aligned himself to the wrong head coach was like, I'll take this coordinator position. It's not like he was the reason why, and and, and so like it, you kind of read the tea leaves that Dable was, was going to be the guy. When you when you talk about Patrick Graham in this whole thing, I like Patrick Graham a lot. The players really like him. He resonates. You know, you hear all the players excited about the potential of having Patrick Graham back in their exit interviews. Yeah, man, Joe Shane, two third round picks. He said his whole time that he he wants to build this team through the draft because he says it gives you a chance to see all these guys in your building before you give them a long-term deal. You see their, their practice habits. You see how they interact with fans and coaches and friends and family. Like you start to get a real feel when a guy is in your building and you'd much rather pay someone that is there that you see every day than someone that's coming from a random organization that doesn't want to sign him to a long-term contract where you're like, Whoa, why don't they want him? And so like Joe Shane saying that, give him more picks, give him more assets. Because there are so many good defensive coordinators that are still currently on on the free market, like f- for coaching. That man, I want Joe Shane with more picks. I, I I want one of these guys that just got let go that maybe has you know someone like Wink Martindale, Vic Fangio, any of these guys that really have this defensive background. Adam, give me the picks. I love Patrick Graham, but the picks plus one of these other guys, which I think is kind of a like-for-like switch, is more important for Giants right now.
0: Shout out to Casey over in the chat there. Not a, oh let me let me know what uh, you are who you are a fan of. Not a Giants fan. And yes, I appreciate it. this is what you always like when someone who's not a fan of the team but also thinks from a distance it's going to work out for the Giants when they bring in a GM when they bring in their head coach. Right. This is what you want to see. I'm just curious if Casey happens to be a Buffalo Bills fan, and then maybe we're getting you know a little bit of respect as they send off some of their former employees. The interesting thing I will say on the Patrick Graham piece and getting the extra picks, this is where we talked about before some of the difficult decisions that the giants are going to want to make. You heard Joe Shane mention in his introductory press conference, we're going to look to, we're going to need to free up some cap room here, going to want some flexibility, but whenever these picks were to come in, that can now roll into this formula of, hey, can we can we keep around one of these larger contracts maybe for a year longer than we anticipated because we know we're going to have a couple extra young players coming down the pipeline. Like I think that that can play into the equation too. So w- while it's a little bit of a background piece, it's certainly a, a nice one. Should it go that route, and by at the very least, I would think that because the way these dominoes fell of Graham going to interview with the Vikings prior to hearing that Dable was being hired. Like this almost has the sense of the Giants behind closed doors. Hey, Pat, if you're getting some opportunities, wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to explore those and to really think about it because we're probably moving in this direction and whatever ties, we know that Patrick Graham was down in Miami with Brian Flores. Maybe those parting of ways was not about the two of them so much as about the organization, right? So if it had been Flores, maybe Patrick Graham was going to stay here. But the second that you kind of you know that Flores finishes his interview, you know it's gonna not gonna go that route. They say they're gonna probably go with Dable. Boom, Graham goes off to Minnesota to say, okay, I'm looking for the greener pastures. I mean, a lot of these things happen overlapping so much that it's hard to speculate. But I would take those. I would take those picks, put them up, pick them up put them in my pocket immediately. Um, the other thing too is, do you do you feel like I know it's like somewhat. Um, well, before we get into, I want, I want to backtrack a little bit, but what's, what's the, the, the expectations are, this is going to happen tomorrow at some point, it'll officially get announced, but what's the latest updates around this?
1: Yeah. So it, it sounds like they're negotiating it, you know, now everyone's coming out and saying the giants were inadvertent with what he's done with Josh Allen and the offense that he's done. He's been around the league. He's had, had experience. It was kind of like they liked him a lot. And, and from what we're hearing, and this is multiple people are kind of sourcing this out is that Dable wanted the Giants all along. That was his number one. And I think the whole idea is you don't want to necessarily hold, you know, show your hand to Dable or the Giants because you don't want to feel like you're in a tough spot where there's an ask or a thing that goes on that you don't really like. I I think they're, they're looking to iron out the finer details tonight, whether it's uh, the actual contract itself, whether it's some of the you know coordinator things and who we can pay and how much money and things like that, because, Adam, the other thing I was going to say to you is we talked about the offensive coordinator position. And, you know, if Dable is the guy that is, you know, people say, oh, defensive coordinator is important, is most important at that point. Well, Dable having a guy that he trusts, like overseeing his offense day to day is important. The latest news is Ken Dorsey is the, you know, quarterback's coach in Buffalo. The obvious assumption was if Dable leaves, the Buffalo Bills will promote Ken Dorsey to their offensive coordinator position right now the rumor that's running around rampant is like Dable's like I want him and I want you to pay him accordingly and so now the 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 rumor that's going on tonight and I think this is what's kind of getting sorted out right now is there's a little fight between the Bills and the Giants over Ken Dorsey and and which team he's going to be the offensive coordinator for which is well well, and they said the Giants may quote-unquote like throw the bag at Dorsey because Dayball is insisting on it. And that's got to be a good position for Dorsey to be in where he's like, I can either be the offense coordinator for Josh Allen and Sean McDermott will let me run the, run the entire offense and let me call the plays, or I get paid a ton of money to be with Joe Shane, who I know, Brian Dayball, who I trust, and I can be the offensive coordinator of the Giants and try to start this rebuild and be guaranteed at least a few years of, of, of being able to make this work in New York.
0: Well, I think what you would like about too, like, so, I mean, first of all, that's great. And second, so here's the thing. I said at the top that the, the giants from this perspective, it seems like you hire Joe Shane and essentially you just say, go through the coaching hiring process, right? You have Brian Dable at the top of your list. Just go through the process. If nobody else, you know, be open-minded about it. We're going to be there with all these interviews. We're going to be there with Dable too. We agree, by the way, first round of interviews, second round of interviews. We agree. We like Dable. We, we have him at the top of our list too. Let's just finish this thing out, right? Nobody else comes across there, so you can move forward with that. But in that vein, the collaborative effort, whatever, I think it still comes back to that Joe Shane came in. He was hired and said, Dable's going to be my guy. I'll go through any process you want. I'll do it with a very clear, open mind. And also, Dable is my guy at the top. Now, I think it's interesting because the Giants have not necessarily been a um, a team or an organization that overspends right don't forget i don't know if they're quite out from underneath pat Shermer's contract yet right like they have they have money on the books from past head coaches but what would be interesting is now is the opportunity to say one what is the negotiation process happening with Dable over his contract? Because he's well sought after and he probably has in his back pocket, you know, Miami, Miami probably is willing to pay me a pretty penny. I would take less, maybe, you know, to be here in New York, but it still needs to be substantial. And then also I have a very clear construct about the demands that I have around the staff I want. So if the giants open it up, I think at this point with everything that's gone on with them over the last six, seven years, I think you need to open it up. If you believe in Joe Shane and Joe Shane believes in Brian Dable and Brian Dable believes in Ken Dorsey, then that's the chain of command. And within reason, right, you know, we're not going to pay this guy head coaching money, but within reason you have to do it. And it's good for Ken Dorsey, by the way, too, because I think the next step for him would be you did it there in Buffalo with Josh Allen, two layers down. Now you take the step up show that you can repeat that process and two or three years from now, you'll be up for the next head coaching job as well. And we know that we're going to get that continuity piece too.
1: Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. It's a tough decision for Ken Ken Dorsey, but I think if he really has aspirations to be a head coach, it's better to move to the giants to show that you, you're not just only aligned to Josh. Allen. I mean, Eric Bieniemy is having this kind of challenge in, yeah. you know, with the chiefs right now where they're like, Andy Reid's calling the plays and you have the best quarterback, in the game, one of the top 10 potential quarterbacks of all time, like how much is it you versus all the things you have around you? So it'd be smart for Ken Dory to spread his wings, right? And and same thing we said about Wink Martindale, right? Maybe
0: at this point, if you haven't been able to get over that hump on head coaching opportunities, we know that maybe Baltimore is looking to move on as well. But now is an opportunity. Go somewhere show you can repeat the defensive process, potentially giants or elsewhere, wherever it may be. And then all of a sudden it elevates you a little bit higher on the coaching candidates that were down to it in the last effectively three, I guess we would say with uh, Leslie Frazier closing out today, Dable and then Flores, what's the latest on Flores and where he's going to end up.
1: So, you know, what, what a few different beat writers and other people are also talking about with Flores is he came in to the interviews and, and he pressed, but when they talked at the offensive side of the ball, I think he answered a lot of the questions they had about, like, what happened in my in Miami. But when they talked about, like, what do you want to do on offense, he basically said, like, I'm very open to suggestions of who you might want as the offensive coordinator. If Joe Shane has a vision on how he wants this offense to run, I'm open to the idea of that. And very I think
0: flexible, very pliable. Oh, yeah,
1: I'm very <laughs> flexible. And, and guess what? You know what? I think a few years ago, the Giants organization would have lapped that up and been like, we get to tell this head coach who they should have running the offense. Like this is You've got tons
0: of guys we'd like to run our offense.
1: <laughs> right, right. And, and so what I think is actually really nice about this process is when I heard that, I actually kind of cringed a little bit. Like there's of one course. thing to, to be able to say collaboration. There's another thing to say like, I am open to whomever you want. And the reason why that's concerning specifically around Flores is because there was four offensive coordinators in three years yeah. in Miami. They, they clearly never really figured it out. So like he has to be open because he's like, I don't really know what I, I should be doing here. Why don't you pick the guy and I can work with him. It's like, mm, if someone else has a clear vision on how they want this to work, it might be, you know, for the, for the newly revamped front office of the giants. They're like, have a direction. We don't want to meddle as much. You tell us what you think you you need because you are the smart football people.
0: It's the classic uh, Seinfeld Kramer line, right? Why don't you just tell me the head coach <laughs> you want to run your organization like? And I think that that's that's what we talked about, right? When I said, "Hey, listen, Brian Flores could very easily be taking over the front runner opportunity for this position over the interview process," right? But I also said very clearly, if he can explain what the f was going on down in Miami, and if by all you know, by all accounts, he came in and basically said, yeah, kind of the reason why we had so many offensive coordinators because I didn't really have much of a take on that. And it was just, hey, somebody come in and do something effective. And for whatever you thought about a uh, Tua coming into his NFL career, we all know, right? When you rotate over offensive coordinators, offensive systems, it wreaks havoc on a young quarterback. We heard John Maris speak to that around Daniel Jones and basically saying, like, listen, we've done everything we can to screw this kid up. Now we're hoping that, you know, this is an opportunity to maybe get a a level footing underneath them. So that, that to me is just a part of the process of saying, Brian Flores, you're probably best suited to look around the league for a defensive coordinator position, try to rebuild your value, and go from there, and maybe short of this opportunity with the Giants, local guy from Brooklyn, He could have been actually been staring down very few options as far as what was on the table for him. You can make the argument he would have been better off maybe if he could have got his foot in with Chicago or something who ended up inexplicably going with the defensive coach again. Maybe he could have an opportunity there. But ultimately, as we circle back to Giants zeroing in, contract Brian Dable getting announced tomorrow, what was was there? some key points that ultimately pushed him over the line. And I'll be curious to see if Daniel Jones and the intentions going forward here, at least in the short term, played a role in that.
1: Yeah. So I don't have this sourced, but it's it's my firm belief in reading the tea leaves on how this entire head coaching situation went. Love the tea leaves. Uh, the tea leaves are very simple. Brian Dayball was the only offensive mind that was interviewed through this entire process for head coach. We had Patrick Graham. We talked about Leslie Frazier, Brian Flores, Dan Quinn. These are all defensive minds. And I think what it comes down to is Joe Shane simply said this. If I'm going to go with an offensive mind, it is going to be Brian Dayball because I've seen him in two different Mm. places. I've worked with him, and I've seen massive success with him at the helm. I see Sean McDermott as a defensive-minded coach in Buffalo. It works with a defensive-minded coach. So if I'm going to pick an offensive minded guy, it's Brian Dable. If it's not going to be an offensive guy, I have these other guys lined up. It's why he reached out, you know, a couple days before he got the Giants job to Brian Flores to be like, Hey, I'm interested because like, I know it worked in Buffalo. If we do it this way, I want the smartest defensive guy, but I already know if I'm going offense, it's this guy I've been with over the last few years.
0: Any chance do you think that if for some reason Brian Dable didn't work out the incoming maybe defensive minded coach that Joe Shane would have tried to push for Ken Dorsey to come as the offensive coordinator, right? Like it's almost to your to your roadmap of saying like, I know that we can succeed with this guy and we can figure out the other components. And if for some reason Dable chose Miami, right, or went somewhere else, you'd go. I also know another guy that ran this that was helping us to run this system, and you'd want to tap into that. I mean, speculative at best here, but it does feel like, to your point, it's actually a really good one because we know we had fans come on in the last couple episodes and say the turnover process when you go from coordinators that you're going to hire Ken Dorsey. Well, what happens if in one year he gets hired out from underneath the Giants for a head coaching job? Guess what? It's still going to be Brian Dable's system, so the next coordinator is going to run Brian Dable's offensive system. While defense is obviously crucial, you want to have systems in place, you do feel like you can turn that over with a little bit more regularity and keep the consistency for your either current or future quarterback so you know over the next four, five, six, ten, 10, listen, however many years, right? We hope, hopefully this is in place for a long time. We're always going to have either the same system or the same vision from the top down.
1: Yeah, you're exactly right, and that's where my mind went on all this. And this it's the reason why I want to Dable over uh, Brian Flores or others. We talked about this in, on on our last couple shows. You know, I want the the visionary uh, offensive mind at the top of of the snake when we talk about the Giants' head coach.
0: Do you view him? Do you view him as? Do you view him in the same vein as the the offensive gurus around the NFL, or do you? You know, and I don't mean a, this isn't a negative slant on him. I don't know if I look at him as being a great innovator of the offensive side of the football, but I do think that he's showcased the ability to maximize the value and to take an asset like Josh Allen and say, I can mold not only the offense, but I can mold this quarterback with his skill set into a successful borderline now top five, right at the top want to put him in the league, right? We know where Josh Allen started his NFL career. Couldn't complete 50% of his passes, right? Don't know if he's going to be able to be successful. Fast forward a few years, and he's nothing short of a defensive blunder away from going to the AFC Championship game. So do you look at him as an innovator or more? And I mean, this is a compliment,
1: as a guy who knows to max how to maximize value out of what he has available to him. Well, I, I think that's uh, that's a tough question, but my answer is I think he's more than that. And the reason why I do think he's more than that is because he's taken very limited quarterback play and made it better than what it was. Like if you look at all the, like people are like, Oh, he's been an offense coordinator, a bunch of places. It's like he had Matt castle in Kansas city, right? Like he had Matt Moore and Chad Henney in, in, in Miami. Like he had the whole host of 27 different Cleveland Brown quarterbacks when he, when he was there, like, they haven't really given him anything to work with. And even in Miami with two backup quarterbacks, he went from 30th to 20th, right? Like, so he showed progression that even with the same dudes that, that did nothing the year before it, he made them, you know, 30%, 40% better and got more out of them than what he did. But to your point, he then, you know, clearly they, they love his mind. He goes to Alabama. He has Jalen hurts and Tua a and he wins national championships and the offense looks amazing. He then goes to Buffalo. Josh Allen had a little bit of a shaky year, couldn't get his completion percentage up. All of a sudden, Dable comes in. You can credit Josh Allen with his own personal progression, but you got to give Brian Dable some credit for turning that around. So anytime he's had a more than capable starter, he has shown that he has the ability to take an offense to the next level.
0: All right, let's get out of here on this then. they'll, They'll come in, they'll make it official tomorrow over the weekend. We'll hear about some of the offense coordinators. The last piece is Daniel Jones, the quarterback spot. Are we a year away from the Giants pursuing Tua on the open market to bring him in with the connections to Brian Dable? Do you think that next year, knowing that Dable and maybe Ken Dorsey, whoever, are more than capable of maximizing what a quarterback has at his disposal from a skill set standpoint, by the end of next year, will we be talking about, hey, Daniel Jones, we see now, we, we see what, where he can be, where the top of his game can look like, even if it's not fully there yet. And we're going to go ahead and move forward with him on another contract or with Dable at the helm, knowing what he's capable of, we'll we be looking at this and saying, oh, okay. So it looks like it was a mistake when Dave Gettleman drafted Daniel Jones at six. And we'll be looking to turn this over and bring in that next quarterback in the vision of Brian Dable to run this system.
1: It would be absolutely insane for the Giants to trade for someone like Tua, and that is the antithesis of what Joe Shane keeps talking about in his press conference.
0: Open market, buddy. Open.
1: No, market. no, 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 no. And I'm not saying it's a, it's a it's a bad question because clearly Brian Dable is choosing between the two. He has experience with Tua. He won a national title. Like he clearly has found a way to to unleash his skill set. Sure. But I think that it I I will be shocked, and, and it'll it'll be very telling if Mitch Trubisky does not come in. And compete with Daniel Jones for the starting quarterback position. Because it's twofold, Adam. One, it's cheap talent because he's not going to command more than what? Five to seven million dollars in the open market. No one's paying Mitch Trubisky $20 million to come in and be their starter next year. So the other thing is, Brian Table liked him enough to bring him in. Joe Shane and Brandon Breen thought enough of him to bring him in. And apparently he, he was great. Like they all loved what he did. And the Josh Allen skill set, the Mitchell Trubisky skill set, the Daniel Jones skill set, they all have different ceilings, but they're all very similar. They're smart quarterbacks that have the ability to get mobile. They're All three of them are super athletic. It, It would be the perfect situation for Joe Shane to say, we like to develop our talent. We like to see what's in our building every day. It just so happens that Mitch Trubisky was in the Buffalo building, but he did see him every day. And so if we could bring in a quarterback for $5 million to compete with Daniel Jones and our total quarterback room costs $15 million while we try to develop the rest of the roster and see if either of them flourishes under Dayball's new system. That, to me, is a win for the Giants next year.
0: No, the best value would be a worst case scenario is you move on from Daniel Jones and you have a bridge quarterback in place in Mitchell Trubisky. And by the way, neither Andy nor myself are singing the, you know, worldly praises of Mitchell Trubisky, but just the reality of to your point, all of a sudden you move on from Daniel Jones, you got six million dollars tied into the quarterback position, a very cap-friendly number, allows you to build around it and then hopefully drop in a rookie or a two one or two year experience quarterback backing up Mitchell Trubisky for a couple of years. So it feels like it's all set up for success, guys. This is what we talked about when this all began. That the premise was by the end of this process, it'll be the first time in a decade that Giants fans have a real sense of optimism, that it feels like they made right choices in the process. Because, I mean, even going back to the Dave Gettleman one, right, like, We had to do a lot of massaging around the idea of like, all right, like, you know, a guy's been around, track record, little spotty with the Carolina Panthers, but he knows what he's doing. Mara feels comfortable with him. You want to win with Eli? Great. And then same thing with the head coaches, right? Pat Shermer. Then you get to Joe Judge and you go, that's a bit of left field there. Guy was just a special teams coordinator. Well, he's heavily involved with what was going on day to day in the Patriots organization. Always trying to convince yourself that the decisions that were being made we're going to work out. This is the first time where it more feels like, oh, you guys just went with like what the league consensus would have told right. you was a smart decision to make. And once you feel like the league looks around, we see you know some fans that aren't even around the, you know for the Giants saying, hey, this looks like a good move. When you have Buffalo Bills fans saying, what are you going to pillage our entire organization? I say, yep. Like that's when you know
1: that you're starting to get in the right direction. And, and the one thing I will leave you with, Adam, is also like, You talk about the rest of the league. Joe Shane was a hot commodity around the league. He had multiple interviews with other teams. And guess what? It's refreshing that Joe Shane looked at Giants press and said, if I could have any job, it would be the New York Giants job. Like He was like, I want to be the GM of the New York Giants. Now you're hearing Brian Dable had multiple opportunities. He's interviewed with multiple teams. It sounds like he came in and said, my number one choice is the New York Giants. This was, you know, rewind two weeks ago, you know, the pundits on ESPN and other places saying this is the worst GM or worst head coaching job in the league. And then people that are smarter than those people, people that are involved in football are, are raising their hands saying, if I have any job that's available right now, I want it to be the Giants. It's refreshing to see that we're getting top talent that other people want. And not just a special teams coordinator from, the Patriots, where we think we're smarter than everybody else, right? Like, and that's and that's what you what you're getting at is like Dave Gettleman always thought he was smarter than everybody else. Like he said it with the offensive line. Like, well, I guess we like our players much more than you guys do, and we're like, yeah, no kidding. Like we think the offensive line's terrible, and then three games in, we're like, we were right, you were wrong. How can the fan base know more than our general manager?
0: That's it, man. And listen, by the way, just to give a little dose of humility on the back end of it, because this is the old thing, especially with these Zoom interviews throughout the process. You know, whether it's Joe Shane, whether it's Brian Dable, you know, this is the classic. Listen, I've always had the New York football giants top on my list. I've always had the Miami Dolphins top on my list. Listen, you're going to say the right things in these interviews, but by all measures, Joe Shane, Brian Dable, they and listen, their connection, right? They clearly wanted an opportunity to go somewhere to be able to be successful together, right? Like that's what this really feels like. You've highlighted it before. We said it before all the way back to Miami, these connections that run through. And this is the difference between when we pull on all these threads of where people overlap over their NFL careers. Well, when you see multiple places where they overlap, that's probably where you get the sense of, I like what this guy's been doing. We're on the same wavelength. We look at players the same way. We look at personnel the same way. So it's obviously an incredibly exciting time to be a New York football Giants fan. We'll be back in again. We've got the uh, obviously the football action going on over the course of this weekend. We'll come back in on Monday, maybe even sooner. Who knows? Depending on the news that comes out, we'll start to get some information around if Ken Dorsey's is going to be achievable. If the New York football Giants open up the wallet and say, yes, this is where we plant all of our cornerstones to success for the next 10 to 15 years. Oh, Andy, on a Friday night, man, as the snow starts to fall here in New Jersey, I'm going to hunker down, have myself a little sip of whiskey in celebration, and just enjoy this one, man. This Hashtag, you know, together blue. Hashtag go giant,
1: blue. giant fans, crack open a beer, feel good. We finally got alignment from top down. There are brighter days ahead.
0: And as Andy, Mackowitz co-host of the OGP one giant podcast, which you can follow on social media and right here on YouTube and all the places to get your podcast needs fulfilled would want need.
1: And tonight more than ever demand the people know, especially tonight. And as always, let's go big blue.